Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Well, this morning, uh, I welcome you today. If you have not been with us over the uh, recent series that I've been doing here at Faith Point Church, uh, it's often good to preach a series. The reason why we want to do that is that is that there's so much in the Bible that is themed. From Genesis, the opening book of the Bible, to the last book of the Bible, the, uh, the book of Revelation, there are themes that run all the way through Old and New Testament. So when we get into a teaching series where we are taking a theme and we are looking at the different aspects of it. And uh, two weeks ago, I started a theme called Gaining an an Eternal Perspective. And so often we are hamstrung in life if we are only focused on the here and the now. When we understand that this life here is actually just a dress rehearsal for the real life that is to come. Can I hear an amen this morning? And so everything that is happening in your life right now is a dress rehearsal for eternity. And when we understand the weight of responsibility that rests upon how we live our lives now will determine how we spend eternity. Come on, church. To one man who was given 10 minutes, The nobleman went away and when he returned, he gained 10 more and he said, well done, good servant. I will give you authority over 10 cities. You want to know if if eternity, if how you live today is going to have an impact on how you live eternity? And I gave you the rope illustration, the red zone, the small portion of the rope represents perhaps 70 years if you're blessed by God to get 70 years of your life. But the rest of the rope went down around the corner and disappeared, which represents eternity. My friends, this is just a drop in the ocean, the life that you're living now compared to your eternal existence. And the first thing that we've got to do is we've got to get on the right team. Amen. We've got to get on the Jesus team. What does that take? It simply takes one thing to believe. That's all it takes. For God so loved the world that He gave His only one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but shall have everlasting life. All you have to do to become a Christian is to simply believe and have faith in what Jesus has accomplished on your behalf and God the Father will accept you into His family as a child. So let's get on Team Jesus. But once we're on Team Jesus, then you now have the opportunity to serve God and to do it in such a way that there is going to be an eternal impact as the result of the way and the things that you did while you were here on earth. That's kind of like a little bit of a weighty thing, isn't it? You know, no pressure and there is no pressure with it, but there is an awareness. And if if you don't have the awareness, I tell you what, it's wasted days and wasted nights. I won't sing it for you. <laughs> wasted days and wasted... I couldn't help myself. Sorry. 
But literally, when you have no purpose in your life, you literally are wasting days and nights as your life whittles away, not understanding or comprehending that this has an eternal impact. Jesus said, do business till I return. Bless you. He said, do business till I return. What did he mean by that? Well, that's what the series is all about. The series is all about discovering what Jesus meant when he said, do business. What did he mean? Well, he never came back for a negative return. He didn't even come back just for us to give to him what's already been given to us. The Bible says the nobleman returned and he came back to see what his servants had gained. Had gained. So with being on Team Jesus, there is an ability within your life to be in the positive, to be in the profit, to be actually utilizing your life in such a way that people's eternal existence is being changed and transformed because of how you walked on earth here and now. Wow. And you see, it's so easy to forget about. Why is it so easy to forget about that? Because the devil loves to fill your bucket up with heaps of problems, with heaps of pain, with difficulties, with money issues, with relationship issues, with marriage issues, with all sorts of issues. And those issues can rob you of the focus that God has given over your life. What would you think today about a dog who would not bark? Or a fish that would not swim? Or a lion that would not roar? Or a bird that would not fly? This is what you would think. Immediately you would think, well, that fish has got gills. It wasn't designed to live on the land. Its purpose was to swim. That dog's been given a bark. And if you own a silent dog, there's something wrong with your dog. Because it was designed to bark at the right time. It will get it, probably, if it barks at the wrong time. I always remember training in Alsatian years ago. Man, it was a baby at night. He used to, <laughs> used to whimper and cry. So I had to sort it out. So that it would bark at appropriate time, times and not be such a wimp. Yeah, tough love. Have to have to do it sometimes. I'm not talking about my kids. I'm talking about my dog, all right? <laughs> okay. You see... This is what you would say. This is what we would say. We would say it's not living out what it was created to do. And friends, so many of us are living a life of existence where we are not carrying out what we've been created to do by God. And I want to talk today, I want to talk about how we can do business till Jesus comes and what it's going to require for us when we're on Team Jesus to make sure that we're actually connecting with Him and that we are living our life in such a way that we've gained heaven's perspective. Very similar to what Khan was saying today in the communion. To understand where Jesus has positioned us 
and how that, and how that with a, a different perspective, a higher perspective, an eternal perspective, a heavenly perspective, that we can live our lives differently in the name of Jesus. So Father, help us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that your anointing would rest upon your word and that your word would go into our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. So no more confusion today, saints. Amen. We don't want that dog meowing. <laughs> we want that dog barking today. We want, we want us to, our lives to be filled with purpose today. And so, you know, when you become a Christian and you get on Team Jesus, this is literally what happens to you. The Bible says that God takes out your heart of stone. People can't believe this. You know, I remember all the heartache I was going through in my life. I had a certain person walk out on me, out of, my, out of a relationship. And they walked out of my life and I, my, my, I was just filled with pain. My life was racked with anxiety and anguish of heart. And when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, literally God extracted that pain-filled, stony heart. And the Bible says He puts a brand new heart inside of you. And that heart has now has the ability to connect to heaven. That heart now has the ability. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, He makes all things new. He gives a whole new frequency in your life in which you can begin to relate to a higher perspective. I'm not talking about a higher power. I'm not talking about the 12-step program. I'm talking about Jesus Christ Himself, where you are able, because of this new heart, to now connect with heaven, lock into the purposes of God over your life, and begin to fulfill the purpose for which God designed you to do. Can I hear an amen on that this morning? And so we're another kind of creation. When we receive Jesus, everything, the game plan completely changes. But it's one thing to accept Jesus into your life. It's a whole new thing to learn how to fulfill that purpose, to get that bark going in your life and to fulfill what God has, has created you to be and to do in Jesus' name. So Paul talks to the church at Colossae. It's called the Book of Colossians. And he wrote a whole lot of small letters to churches because they were all new Christians. This was the early church. So he had to give instructions about how to now live this God life. How to live when you're on Team Jesus. What sort of things do you need to do in order to make your life count? So in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, as Khan has taught us this morning in communion, Seek those things which are above. Where who is? Where Christ is. Right now, Jesus isn't on planet earth. People literally saw him leave. It's called the ascension. He was with them for, he was with them for uh, 40 days after his resurrection. And then literally they saw him disappear and go up to heaven. It's called the ascension. Jesus right now is at the right hand of the Father. Who's on earth then that's representing God? The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and radically filled the church and gave the church the power to live the God life. So you've got the power, you've got the kaha, 
as they say in Māori. You've got the kaha in you. You've got the power, but now you need to learn how to drive it. And in this passage, Paul is teaching us how to drive this new life. So he says the first thing, he says, seek those things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, listen to this key verse for today. Set your mind on things below. Because that's what we do sometimes. We're so focused on earthly things, we're setting our mind in the wrong place. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died. When Jesus died, literally you died. What part of you died? The part that wants to do all the wrong things. That's the part that He put to death. Even though every morning you wake up, it tries to raise itself, its ugly head within your life and tell you that it's still alive. But the truth of Scripture is, we're dead men walking. That part of you that wants to go the wrong way, that part of you that's filled with anger, hatred, malice, that part of you that's rude, that part of you that, that, that doesn't want to submit to authority, that part of you is dead. When Jesus died, the nature of Adam that you inherited, when you were born, that nature died with Christ. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Many of us as Christians are suffering from a spiritual disease of Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is a horrible disease. It robs the human mind of being able to function as a human being should. When you get out, when a person gets Alzheimer's, they, their body can no longer function the way it was designed to function because it has been robbed of its ability to think the way that it should think. And many Christians are suffering spiritual Alzheimer's because we're not functioning the way, way that we should because our mind is not doing what it should do. Are you with me this morning? Our mind is like the rudder of the ship. It directs the steps of our life. It determines the course and direction of your life. Junk in, junk out. Good stuff in, good stuff's going to come out. Your mind and what you set it upon has an incredible power to change the direction and the outcomes of your life today. And I'm not just talking about mind power. I'm talking about setting your mind as a Christian, as a believer, this isn't just the power of the mind. It's more than that. It's what your mind can actually accomplish once it starts setting its focus on the right things and setting its things on things above and not below. So whatever today that is in your life that's not doing what it's supposed to do, I want to tell you it started as a seed in your mind. Every single action and outcome of our life first of all started with a seed thought and our thinking. And so to change the outcomes, friends, we need to reprogram the thinking. We need to reprogram the mind. That's why such a small thought that can creep into your mind can become a raging beast if you don't control it at the point it enters your mind. People have committed murder 
People have killed their best friend. People have killed their partners, their husbands, their wives. And it started with one tiny little seed that they allowed to get out of control and it became like a raging Australian bushfire in their mind. And before they knew it, they'd done what they never thought they believed they could. Wow, this is powerful. Our problem is, is that this new creation that Jesus has called us to be, friends, this is what we're doing. We're grabbing the old CDs from the old life and we're slotting them in to the mind of the new life. To start walking like Jesus walked, we're going to get the new CDs with the Word of God written on it and we've got to plug them in in order for us to set our mind on things above and not on things below. In Jesus' name this morning. And so with what happened with Jesus Christ, we're completely identified with Him. We've covered that already this morning. But we now have a new reference point. Everything in your life, once you become a Christian, begins at the resurrection of Christ. Everything that you have, your inheritance, as Khan was talking about, came because of one reason. Death could not hold Jesus in the grave. It had no rights over him. He was a sinless man. There was no sin in him. Therefore, the ground could not hold him because he'd never sinned. There was no legal right over Jesus Christ. And he came powering out of that tomb on the third day because death and corruption could not wrap their arms around him. And right from that point in time, this is our new reference point as believers today. And when we lose sight of that reference point in our lives, that's when things can start going wrong. Let me give you an illustration. How many of you ever jump-started a car? How many of you have seen someone jump-start a car? You might not have done it yourself, but you've seen it all happen. Most of you have actually had it happen. Winter time comes around. If your battery's not quite a good battery, then at some point you're going to turn the key and nothing happens. So what, are you, what do you need, friends? Your, your dead battery needs to have an alive battery to come alongside of it and your dead negative terminal needs to have something connected to it from a terminal that is negative but alive and your positive terminals get hooked up together and then when the key is turned, there is a transference of life out of the good battery into the dead battery and all of a sudden your car comes to life. Your jump started. And that's a picture of the resurrection. That's what's happened in your life. Jesus put positive on your dead positive. He put negative on your dead negative, And He jump-started you into life. But to activate it, friends, let's think of it a bit like this. From the time you accepted Jesus, you're connected to Him through those jumper leads. But you're actually not going to feel the transference of life until you turn the key. And the turning of the key is activating your mind to focus on things above and not below. So you can have all the gear, but if you're not setting your mind, it's like you're connected to the jumblies, but you're not turning the key. And you're not going to get the transference of life, the life of Jesus coming into you at that point. So here's the beginning point. Set your mind on things above, not on things below. How many of you set an alarm this morning? Probably at various times we set the alarm. Those that wanted to watch the America's Cup this morning probably set it pretty early. 
But here's a simple illustration to understand how this works. When you set your clock, when you set your alarm, you're doing it in order to set the direction of your day. If you're supposed to get up at a certain time and you fail to set your alarm or set your clock, then probably you'll be having a tight little discussion with your boss sitting face to face because you keep turning up late to work every day. Here's the angle I want you to grab get this morning. Setting your alarm clock is like setting your mind on heaven's perspective, on an eternal perspective. And it will completely change the direction of your day, just like you getting up early after you've had an alarm set will set the direction of your day. Set your clock, set your mind on the things of Christ. And here's how it works, friends. When you first get saved, I want to tell you, I had a mind that was filled with trash. God had placed a new heart within me, but my mind was still thinking trashy thoughts, ugly thoughts, perverted thoughts, because I'd lived that sort of a lifestyle. And so I became aware, friends, that I had to set my clock. I had to begin to set my mind on things above. And how did I do that? I began to get a little notebook and, and I asked the Lord to show me what verses out of the Bible to write in my notebook and then to memorize them. And every day I would set my mind on the Word of God. Every day I would begin to quote. And most of the scripture I know today off by heart came from that first 12 months of me being a Christian where I focused and set my mind on things above, not things below. And as a result, this is what began to happen. Instead of undressing woman with my eyes, because that's the trashy life that I used to live, I can now look on a woman with a pure heart and my mind wouldn't go places that it shouldn't go because I'd set my mind on the right thing, not the wrong thing. Not on things below, but things above. And I began to get heaven's perspective over my life. And guess what? Things began to change. Transformation began to take place because I turned the key and the jumper leads of heaven would jump start me on my day because my mind was focused on heaven's perspective and not on an earthly perspective. And friends, here's the deal. Let's say you're starting a new job. It starts at 6 a.m. You've got the 6 a.m. shift, the 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. All right? Most people hate getting up early, but I tell you what, once you actually set that clock, this is what happens. Various, differently for various people, but normally... After a week of setting your alarm clock for 5.30, actually probably 5 if you're starting work at 6, at 5 a.m., guess what happens after a week? You wake up one minute before 5. You don't need the clock anymore. But until it becomes a natural part of your existence, you need to set the alarm every day so in order for you to activate your day, get it started on the right course, and it's exactly the same with the Lord. When you begin to intentionally, purposefully focus your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, focus on Scripture, focus on fellowship, focus on connecting with the right people within your life, and you start focusing on things above, this is what takes place within your life. Suddenly, you realize that it's happening automatically in your life, because you've got into a rhythm. But until you get into that rhythm, you're going to need to set your mind 
on things above and not on things below. Amen? You know, the, the Word goes on to say here that you, your life has been hidden with God in Christ today. How many people drink black coffee here? Oh, you evil people. I look at a black cup of coffee and I think that is the nastiest thing I've seen on planet Earth. And then I watch people drink it. I think, how can you drink that black syrup? I love coffee, but I can't have it black. These guys are tough, tough, tough. I like my coffee with a bit of milk or a bit of cream. And not just a bit sprinkled on top. I want to have it stirred and completely immersed. And that's what happens when you begin to set your mind on things above and not on things below. Then God begins to stir within your life until there's no black coffee left in your life. But you've got that beautiful creamy cup of coffee that's just got no blackness. I mean, it's evil. black is evil, evil, evil. <laughs> And before long, the coffee is hidden in the cream. And before long, your life is hidden with God in Christ because it's been totally immersed and saturated in Jesus Christ because your mind is focused on an eternal perspective, a heavenly perspective, things above, not things below. And you're putting the direction of your life in a completely different space today. Look at Deuteronomy 6 to find out how God does this. All these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Here is the setting of the clock for the children of Israel. This is how God began to change their mindset. Look at this. You shall teach them diligently to your children. How? You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. There's not much left outside of those things, is there? We've kind of covered the whole spectrum there. And that's what God is saying. When you deliberately set the clock of your mind and set your mind on those things above, then this is how I want you to do it. Every part of your day needs to be have a, even though you're working, you know, you can work and still meditate. You can work and still focus on the things of God. You can have the things of God running through your spirit. You can be praying arrow prayers right through the course of your day and still be focused and do a great job with what you're getting paid to do. You haven't just prayed in the morning and then forgot about God for the rest of the day until tomorrow morning. No, 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 no. You're walking with Christ every step of the way, setting your mind on things above in the whole process. So total immersion, no more black coffee in Jesus' mighty name. Tune in, tune in this morning. We can only do what we do because we think what we think. We can only do what we do because we think what we think. You can't do something right now, how's your thinking? Can I ask you to examine it, get the sieve out and find out what sort of nasty little thoughts are actually undoing your progress as a believer in Christ? So look at this. How, how can we further activate this process? I'm not going to preach long today, but I just want you to grab this concept and get it into your life. In verse 5, if we carry on in Colossians, I want to read from the message translation. He says this, and that means to do this effectively, this is what it means. Killing off everything connected with that way of death, Colon, 
What way of death? These things. Sexual promiscuity. Impurity. Lust. Doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like it. I'm not going to be anyone's, I'm not going to submit to any man. I'm my own boss. That's what it's saying. And grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. Message translation. Modern translation. Wow. So he's saying, if you want these things, if you want to set your clock on things above, then friends, you've got to make sure that your old way of thinking is not undoing you and your old way of lifestyle is cancelling out the thoughts and the feelings that you need to be focusing on as a believer. See, people think that God will renew their minds. God doesn't renew your mind, you renew your mind. When Paul said, when Paul said, you get transformed by the renewing of your mind, he wasn't saying that God will do it for you. He was saying, no, you need to take responsibility for what you put in your mind and what you're going to allow to sit there and dwell in that part of your life. We are responsible for the renewing of your mind. And he's saying, when those things rise up, put them to death. Don't even give them a second thought. I remember when I first became a Christian, because my life was saturated in pornography, and I'm glad to say, and I can say, I can look anyone and any woman in the eye today and say that I'm a free man, because this, this dreaded thing has been around for a long time. Ever since there have been printing presses around, there's been pornography around, which is now kind of dramatically escalated with the internet these days, where people can just dial, they can dial into anything from a mobile phone in their pocket. But with my life and that whole area of my life, I was able to see the Lord do a complete transformation within my life because I got a hold of this activation of the new man. And I would not allow that old man to rise up. And I went into a dairy, a corner dairy one day. Of course, they're all always on the corner, the corner dairy. Went into the corner dairy and, uh, and as a new Christian, and I walked past the magazine stand and there was a penthouse magazine sitting right on the top shelf with a woman with no clothes on. They were a bit more open back then. They kind of hide them these days in, in the magazine stands. And, uh, and as I walked past... And I saw it by accident. Holy Spirit said to me, James, the first look is not a sin. You saw it by accident, but the second look is a sin. You chose to allow that seed thought to turn your head and have a second look. And in the second look is your error. Do you get it, church? Very simple illustration. Holy Spirit's really, really good at doing things like that. So verse 9, he goes on to say, don't lie to one another. I love this translation. You're done with that old life. You're done with that old life. What are you doing letting that old life hang around you? You're done with that. Why are you done with that? It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and you've put them in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the Creator. With His label on it, all the old fashions are now obsolete. Come on. Come on, church. Why would you have a shower? Why would you take your dirty, smelly work clothes off and have a shower and then go and put them back on again? 
because that's exactly what we do when we return to our old way of stinking thinking after we've been cleansed by Jesus Christ. Don't go and put that ill-fitting, smelly, old set of clothes on. They've been thrown into the fire. Do away with them. They have, no, they have no room, they have no right of existence in your life unless you're prepared to give them. And so the Bible says, put off the old man, put on the new man. Every day you get up, have a funeral service for your old man. Tell him he's dead. He's no longer part of your life. You're no longer part of my life, you old, you old sinful nature. You're dead and buried. When Jesus died and went into the grave, you died with Him. I'm now walking in the resurrection of Christ's power and I'm going to set my mind and focus my mind on things above. Last couple of scriptures. Romans 6, 6, touching on what Khan shared this morning. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him. There it is in black and white. Where is it? Crucified with Jesus, dead. But you see, this is why it's deception. When your old nature tries to rise up, when that problem of anger or whatever it is tries to rise up, this is what it's literally trying to do. It's trying to deceive you that it's got more power than you. And you have to put it in its place. And you have to say, anger, you have no more place in my life because you're dead. And I'm not going to make any room for you within my life. That the body of sin might be done away with in other words, so we don't keep going back to our vomit. But that we should no longer be slaves of sin. There's that word again, slaves of sin. Most of you will know the emancipation story. What's that? It's a flash word, Pastor James. It's as big as wheelbarrow. Emancipation. Emancipation was the day that slavery was declared illegal in the United States of America. Most of you know they had the big plantations in the south, the south, the southern states. They had big plantations down there in the southern states. <laughs> and, and white people would own black people and they would keep them as their slaves. They literally had a title deed of ownership over that person's life. And then finally, the government of the United States of America declared this is now illegal. You cannot own a person like you own a car or you own a horse. It's now illegal. And they declared every man, every woman, a free man, a free woman. But guess what happened? Many of the slaves that are growing up on the plantations never left the plantations. Why? because they'd been slaves all their life to their masters and they couldn't get rid of the slavery thinking in their lives so they just continued to live with it it's called a plantation mentality sometimes sin can deceive you say so this is this happened this happened with my mum my dad was always like this so it's going to be like that for me. No, it's not, friend. You can break free from that cycle because sin and the power of sin has been broken over your life. You no longer have to be a slave to sin. You are a free man, a free woman in Jesus Christ today. Get rid of that plantation mentality, that slavery mentality. Sin doesn't owe you anything. Sin produces death. Sin has wages. And the wages of sin are death, spiritual death. If you continue doing that thing, it will spiritually kill you. And you won't be able to connect with God the way that you want to. So what have you got to do? You've got to set your mind on things above. 
Get an eternal perspective, a heavenly perspective, the perspective of the Word of God today. Thank you, Jesus. My final two verses this morning are taken from Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. This is the same book we've been reading from in chapter 3. He opens in chapter 1 and he reveals what he's been praying for them. If you ever want to do a good study in the Bible, find out how the Apostle Paul prayed. Because in many of the small letters, uh, letters that he wrote to the churches, he actually taught them what he prayed and how he prayed. Well, look what he prayed for them. And this is, what, this is how every pastor should pray for their flock. This is how you should be praying for your family. He says this, For this reason also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you. And what is he praying? To ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, that you might know what your purpose is, that you might know what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Be filled with the knowledge of His will. Secondly, of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Where do you get understanding? In your minds. If you don't understand something, something hasn't clicked in the cogs of your mind and you don't understand it. Paul's praying, I'm praying that you'll understand this new life. I'm praying that you'll understand how to set your mind on things above. I'm praying that spiritual wisdom and understanding will come into your life so that you can live the way that God has intended you to live with an eternal perspective today. And then he says, why? Verse 10, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Friends, they're the sort of things, I don't know about you, but as a as a, as not as a pastor, but as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. What are the things I long for in my life? These things. I want to walk a worthy life for Jesus. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Now the word hypocrite in the Greek literally means one who acts on stage, an actor. No, I want to be authentic. I want to be the real deal. I want to, I want to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. And I want to be fruitful. I want to see fruit come out of my ministry. I want to see fruit come out of my life as a Christian so that when people get around me, they say, man, James, what is, what is it that you've got within your life? There's something different about you that I don't see in other people that I've met. What is it? Friends, it's the Christ life. It's living with purpose. It's living and designed to bark because you were designed to bark. To swim because you were designed to swim. To fly because you were designed to fly. Don't be that dog that's meowing. You're confused. <laughs> God has created you to live with purpose and intentionality. So could we stand to our feet and I'm just going to pray this morning.